Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Roberta, Roberta Inspires Omni Media, and I'm welcoming you today to Inspire Radio. It's here for you, teaching you how to exceed your goals, how to live that quality life as a leader and an entrepreneur. I've got an outstanding guest today, and we're going to jump right into the interview. You know that we've been talking about the topic of resilience and how we can walk and not faint, how we, how we can walk and not be weary and run and not faint. So we're continuing that, but I brought in an expert to further elaborate on this. Her name is Deborah Mills, and she is an expert in the field of stress management and a coach and a speaker, and an author. And I want you to hear what she has to say and to learn about a tool that she has actually written and learn how to get it. So let's get started with our interview with Deborah Mills. Hello, Deborah. How are you today? Hi, Roberta. I am great. I am so excited to be with you today. Oh, that is so, so good. Well, start off and just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you prepared or how God prepared you to move into this area of coaching and specifically dealing with stress. Well, um, I've, I've been a teacher my whole life. You know, some of oh. us, you just pick out those little things that God has placed in you from the time that you're little. And so I've had a love for serving people and seeing them succeed since I was a young person. Um, and it just sort of has, has followed me through all of my life. Um, I began coaching some years ago, and I still coach in the, re- in the area of marriage and relationship, but that's where I began. That's where I began because early on in my own marriage, I had some challenges. You know, we all have challenges, and you have to be wise enough to reach out for help. And so my husband and I, we reached out for help, and, you know, we got our stuff together, and that set us on a course for wanting to help other people. So I'm married 32 years next month, kids, grandkids, one dog, one mama, (laughs) and all of the above. And, you know, I just have a heart for serving and helping people. So I went on to get my um, coaching certification through the CAP Institute and my stress management certificate through the University of Central Florida. And it's just something that I love, and I figure if it's something that you love and God has equipped you to do, you should continue to study and, you know, get better so that you can serve people better. Wonderful. I didn't know that you were trained through the CAP Institute at uh, Valerie Burton. Absolutely. Yep, Mm -hmm. she was my first coach, my first Ah. coach when she was just getting started years and years and years ago, and she had just written, she had written Rich Rewards, Rich Minds, Rich Rewards. Mm -hmm. And so way before anybody, she got married, and all of that. So Wow. Yeah. So we go we go kinda of way back, you know. I know her, you know, we know each other from way, way back and I'm so proud of how 
TSF's advance and her company and her span has really reached, and that's good. So I know you got good training. I know you got good training. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very good. Um, You said that you were um, a teacher and that you've always been teaching. God does that, doesn't he? He gives us gifts and then allows them to manifest, as I said, sort of in our time and season. And that's a whole other subject. But but anyway, well, tell us from your perspective, how does the Bible, where does the Bible address the concepts of stress and resilience? We know them from psychology, but does the scripture address that at all? I don't know that we necessarily necessarily see the specific words, stress and resilience in the Bible. You know, we somebody can do a, a search on that. But I know what the Bible does say is that our body is the temple of God. And so dealing with stress and resilience is how are you going to properly care for the temple that he's given you to dwell in? Um, I know that the Bible says that you have to know where your joy, your strength, your help comes from. Because if you don't know those things, your, your resilience is going to be low, your stress is going to be high. We have to know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We have to know that when we are weak, he makes us strong. We have to know that our help comes from knowing what the word of God says about us and for us, that his word is a lamp and a light unto our feet. So I don't think we see those specific words and, you know, chapters on stress and resilience, but we do see an outline for what, you know, for what God has for us. One scripture that I really like is found in um, Philippians. And I always say, think on the lovely. Uh, and, and, and many of my clients don't know when I say think on the lovely where I'm getting that from. But for me, God tells us what to think on. It's found in Philippians 4. He tells us to think on the lovely. And if it's okay, I'm just going to read a little piece of Philippians 4. Is that okay? Oh, yes. Okay, so in Philippians 4, if you start at verse 4, it tells you what to do. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And then it tells us, it gives gives us some instructions. It says, do not be anxious about anything. That's stress. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, now it's telling you what to do, prayer and petition, how to do it, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So he just told you how to get rid of the anxiousness and how to have peace. And then he goes on to tell you what to think about. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. So this is what I want you to think about. And then at the end it says, and the peace and the the God of peace will be with you. So he says, receive what you have heard from me and now do it. Put it into practice. So right there in Philippians, if you go from 4 to 9, it gives you instructions on how to avoid the anxiety and how to be resilient. 
you hit the nail on the head. Um, because that one scripture does, it speaks to so much of what the challenges are. If you take the, if, if one were to take, a person were to take that list of things that the scripture says to think on and then look out, look at what's the opposite of each one of those things, we really see why it is important to think on what is good. Because if you're thinking on, for example, the, the news, which is usually all bad, they're looking for bad news to tell us, you're going to end up super stressed if that's what you meditate on, you know, which means to just dwell on and rehearse, you know, and murmur to yourself and murmur to everybody else, complain about what you saw. And so that scripture is it's really the foundation of really building resilience. And so I thank you for sharing that with us. You know, I was thinking of some of the people that had to show resilience and had to show, um, you know, kind of manage stress. And probably to me, one of the big examples of stress management was Elijah when he just got all burnt out and freaked out. And God had to really just get him to himself after he's running away from Jezebel, you know, and just quiet him down and start with the basics, making sure he had something to eat, right? Absolutely. Uh huh. Making sure he got some rest so he could think clearly and so he wasn't anxious and all of the stuff that we talked about, you know, as we go to Philippians. Uh, four, he was able to change perspective, to get a new perspective, and to get support, which is another element of building resilience. And then he was able to go on with what he had to do. Tell me. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Tell me how oh, you define. So Thank you. <laughs> tell me how you define the term stress and resilience? Stress, you know, I think of stress as basically anything that comes to push or pull you out of your comfort zone. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be bad. And sometimes it's really, it's really kind of neutral. But if it comes to push or pull you out of your comfort zone, it, it causes us to go in an area that may be a little bit unfamiliar, a little bit uncomfortable, that causes something to rise up in us that we don't normally have to do on a daily basis. So it's basically just anything that comes to pull or push you out of your comfort zone. That's just my basic definition. And then when you think about resilience, I think of resilience, I call it your bounce back muscle, your recovery rate, your ability to get up and try again. But really it's that, that ability to bounce back. Okay, this happened, good or bad, how am I going to bounce back? How am I going to get back on track? Or am I to go to a new track? So stress, it's going to come. You can't avoid it. Something is going to push or pull on you. And then resilience, how are you going to bounce back from that thing? You know, when you push and you pull, what's your spring back? That's excellent. That's excellent. I was thinking a Willie Jolly's book set up by a setback for a comeback. Yeah, And, it, you know, it really kind of puts it in perspective if we'll 
take the opportunity to be resilient and look at things differently. Like mm-hmm. I was saying about Elijah, you know, getting a fresh perspective and then, like you say, getting a fresh approach or um, path, whatever's needed to get you bouncing back. I like that. That's your bounce back muscle. I like that very, very much. Well, I know what people don't know, and that is you have a great workbook, ebook on this particular topic. Tell us more about that. So the workbook, the workbook gives you 15 strategies to overcome stress. And, you know, and in the workbook I say, you know, of course, are there more than 15 strategies? Absolutely. But it's a place to get you started and a place to spark your mind into how do I begin to relieve stress in my own life? Because studies show that 90% of doctor's appointments are related to stress. Stress actually has a, an effect on our bodies that is chemical. It's, you know, something is happening on the inside of us. It's not just that, you know, oh, my gosh, I can't take anymore, but every system in your body is affected when you're under stress. So we want to we regulate the stress, and, you know, we want to go from stress to rest. We don't want to stay in a point of stress. Yes, it's going to come, but this, this 15 strategy workbook will help you to figure out how do I deal with it. And if you want to get it, all you have to do is go to my website, which is DebraLMills.com, M-I-L-L-S. Debra is D-E-B-O-R-A-H-L-Mills, M-I-L-L-S.com. And it's the second block on my website. You just click right there, and you can just, I think all I'd ask for is maybe your name and your email address so that I know where to send your workbook. So cool. So, so cool. Tell us a little bit about your coaching practice, the different elements of it, and how you address stress in your coaching practice. Well, um, my coaching practice, you know, we are set up to coach couples. We're set up to coach individuals, women and men. Um, And it's a – it's a – it's a process where we interview each other because you need to know that I'm a good match for you and I need to know that you're a good match for me. Um, if a coach tells you that they coach anybody and I can coach anyone, that's not true. That's not true because we all have our own personalities. We all have our own strengths, and it has to be a good match. So first off, you want to see if you're a good match for whomever the coach is. So we'll go through a process to make sure we're a good match for each other And then we're going to look in and dive and see what your goals are. What is it that you're trying to accomplish right now? Where are you trying to get unstuck? And if stress is a part of that, we're going to look at how do we decrease the stress. And we're going to look at that by going, okay, where are you right now? Just be honest. Where are you right now? Get out a map and put the little pin in and say, I am here. And once you know where you are, then we can map out a vision. We can map out a plan to get you where you want to be. And getting you where you want to be may include adding some things in. It may include taking some things out. 
but it's going to be a process that you can live with and work with. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You know, I'm not saying it's going to be easy because anything worthwhile, you're going to have to do some work for it, you know, and then you're more appreciative of the process. And once we get all that laid out, we're going to go for it. We're going to start. You're going to be in action to get you where you want to be in whether it's your stress, you know, being stress-less, stress if I can say it that way. We all want to stress less and moving you into you know, moving you from where you are to the goal that you want to be at. And we're going to eliminate some stress as we do that. And eliminating stress is what it's all about. And being able to achieve those goals. Um, I think the Bible talks about how when a person cannot reach, you know, where they're headed, it's frustrating for them. I can't give you chapter mm-hmm. and verse right now, mm-hmm. but that's the essence of the verse. It, it yeah, really yeah. frustrates people. Yeah. And, um, and so it is important when you do have goals and vision that they're clear. And as a coach, that's what you're doing is helping people to really kind of pulling out what's already in them and helping them to really, like you said, pinpoint, put on yeah. a map, here's where I am and here's where I want to be and here's what's going on because it's the between and we can think that we're moving forward and we can be moving absolutely nowhere at the same time. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and then when the year ends, say for example, and we look sit down to look at what we've accomplished, we haven't accomplished anything. You know, I know this because I have a goal. Well, maybe I haven't set it as a goal. Maybe I need to set it as a goal. I had it as a to-do, and maybe okay. it actually needs to be a goal as I talk. Um, that I wanted to accomplish, and it's like everything else, I was thinking to myself the other day, everything else is what's getting done mm-hmm, other than mm-hmm. what I this one thing that I really want to accomplish and do. And mm-hmm, uh, this mm-hmm. conversation, you know, it's good. Like I said, I've been talking about resilience, but it is stressful when you have that in your mind and you realize, I'm not doing it. I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. I just keep thinking, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. But it has to right. be elevated, I think, like you said, to a vision, to a goal, and then a plan to go with it. So right. maybe part right. of my plan is how to keep <laughs> how to keep stuff out of it. What would you tell me, a person like me, who has this thing that, like I said, is just I know I want to do it, Mm-hmm. If you ask me my dream, it's something I've dreamt since I was uh, in college. Okay. Or even before I got in college, and yet it does not take the front seat. Okay. Okay. Coach, so the first coach thing I, me on air here. <laughs> okay. Well, let's coach you through this process right here. So the first thing that I would I would ask you is just honestly, where is that on your priority list? How much does it actually mean? And you don't have to answer that right now, but for you to think about it, how much does that thing actually mean to you? And if it deserves a seat at the table on your priority list, and if it deserves a seat at the table on your list of priorities, then you have to begin to set boundaries, boundaries that allow you to accomplish the goal that you're going after. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the scripture that you were thinking about, but Proverbs thirteen twelve says, hope deferred makes a heart sick. Mm-hmm. But I think a there's longing, another one, but that's the same. Uh-huh. 
Perhaps. Yeah, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Mm, that's even better. So <laughs> is this thing actually a tree of life for you? Is it life-giving mm. to you? And if it is, then you've got to say, this thing is giving me life. So I need that. So if I need wow. it, I'm going to set boundaries around it. And this is my idea of boundaries. I love this example. You know okay. when you go to a red carpet event and they put out those red ropes um, so mm-hmm. you know where you can go and where you can't go? You, you see the red go. ropes? <laughs> there you go. So you have to set out boundaries by setting out those red ropes for yourself. Wow. And when you set out the red ropes, you say anything that comes in the boundaries of my red ropes, that's high priority. If it's not, it's got to stay outside. Wow. And I give permission for things to come inside of my red rope boundaries. Okay. They don't just good. come because they want to come. Okay. You give Very permission. Good. Very good. And so now you've got to begin to be able to say yes when you mean yes to those things that you want to do, those things that you know are in the plan of God for your life, those things that are on purpose for you, and no to the things that are not. So, so because good. many things are good, but are they on the purpose and plan God has for your life? Mm. All things are lawful but not necessarily expedient, as Paul Absolutely. said. Absolutely. Absolutely. As a person listening to your coaching, that is really, like, great because I never thought about, <clears throat> and I hope the listeners are benefiting from, you know, I'm just being transparent here, um, I never thought about the value. You know, what value did I place on it? And obviously I wasn't placing enough value really on it to say this is important and I think the other thing I find is I have you have I have to and others like myself you have to be able to say this is important to me because I am good at responding to what is important to others Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and somebody said your 911 does not constitute you know it doesn't. It may, it's a four one one for me. Yeah. You don't. Your emergency doesn't become mine, mm-hmm. and I can be distracted because I have the gift of help and service. Those those gifts. Mm-hmm. And serving is what I want to do. So the minute there is a need, I want to respond. I want to help. I want to answer the question because you need an answer. And boom, there we are, off into somebody else's. Uh, red uh, red rope, <laughs> whatever, mm-hmm. or agenda, <laughs> excuse me, and not really fulfilling those things, you know, that God has put in our heart. I think of, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Marie Kondo. She's from yes. Japan. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She does a house cleaning <clears throat> um, strategy and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things she says is, have around you, does it bring you joy? That's what you want yeah. around you, are the things that bring you joy. You know, mm-hmm. things may have served their purpose, in which case it's time for them to go on. I guess it brings somebody else joy. <laughs> but what brings you joy? And that's, I think, the thing, kind of like what you said, 
that's what I'm now challenged to sit down and really reflect real clearly. What brings me joy? Mm-hmm. What brings me the sense of purpose? What brings me the sense of fulfillment? And I'll share a little bit more about purpose, you know, uh, relative to coaching and stress over a little bit. I don't want to elaborate too far right now. But um, that's what I'm challenged to do. I have to start literally, I need to go sit on that couch. I need to really think about this. And I need to think about what are my priorities as opposed to, I think one of the things that gets us into stress, and, you you know, you may see this differently, but is being reactive just totally like a, a colleague of mine was talking today, you know, about being a reactive person. Again, she's helper, server, okay, by profession even. And so we just respond. We respond. And I thought about my morning and the craziness that was going on, and I realized I'm responding. I was just, when I think about what you, you know, you said, you asked, which is about what's the value of it, it's like I had all these little scattered pieces of paper you know, little post-its that I was having to respond to. But if those post-its don't tie into the plan of God and what he has for me to do, where does that leave me? You know, if I have to stand and give an account to him, where does that leave me? Lacking, <laughs> lacking, lacking in my inner man, you know, with that sense of um, accomplishment and being able to be proud of what, you know, I've done for the Lord and being able to say, you know, I finished well. I really did it. I really did it. So I really like uh, Marie Kondo in the, in the what sparks joy. That's a great question to ask yourself, you know, and just to simplify it, either joy, no joy. <laughs> that is, you it know. really is. Joy, no joy. That's it. Joy, no joy. If it's no joy, it's got to go. Isn't that clear? You don't have to get fancy. You don't have to turn it over sideways. You don't have to say, is it a circle or a square? Will it fit? It's just joy, no joy. And joy, and to no be joy. Honest, that's a good way to reduce stress right there. Is this going to bring yes. me joy or no joy? Yes. Yes. And then mm-hmm. if I could just speak to the reactive and Please. responding, you know, Please. if you think of reactive as a, um, I'm re- I got to do it right now. I got to do it right now. Somebody calls, their tire broke down. I'm on the way. You know, uh, your child calls and they forgot their lunch and they don't have lunch money. I'm on the way. That's reactive. That's very reactive. But to respond means to take a step back. And how do I decide I'm going to handle this? When we're reactive, we're not necessarily making a conscious decision. We are quickly going through the motions. But Mm -hmm. to take a moment to breathe and respond will eliminate stress. Because now I've made a decision based on my thought through, my, my, my thinking through this process. So my child forgot their lunch. They have no lunch money. Okay, I'm not going to be reactive. I'm going to respond. What's my response? Right. Right. Okay, today, because we haven't talked about this, today I'm going to bring Susie's lunch money. And we're going to talk about if you forget your lunch money again, 
because it is your responsibility, I'm not going to bring it to the school. And now you are teaching the other person that they have a responsibility, and your responsibility is your ability to rightly respond. And once you have clear information, you can do that. Right. But to react, it's like, you know, it's like a a balloon and you just let the air out. You know, you're just gone. (laughs) I just have a picture of this mom in her station wagon, you know, just stressed out, running everywhere, dropping off the kids, forgetting a kid, you know, got a backup and get get that one and running off to bake the cake for the PTA or whatever it's called now. And um, it's about, it is, it's about the, the choices that, that we make and making sure we make them clearly and in line with what we're trying to do. I mean, like you said, your child at school and you go, you, you solve the problem, but you teach them that frees you up to stay focused on what you need to focus on and mm-hmm. opposed to driving, you know, 20 miles or whatever to get lunch money because that turns into way more time than just giving handing over money. Maybe Absolutely. an hour, you're going to be out an hour, something else is probably going to come up. Oh, I've got to stop by the store, da 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 Yeah. And before you know it, the day is gone. So, so and that's good. And that's a part of learning to walk and not faint. Yes. Because yes. if I'm going to walk and not faint, I've got to have a plan. That's right. I've got to have a plan. I had a, I had a, um, a coaching client who her daughter needed a black skirt for school like you know in two days and mom is like but I've already got things to do and how am I going to go get her a skirt and so I just ask a simple question is any harm going to be done